on this episode of Extinction Event, the mammoth. No, not the protein-packed organic food bar, but the mammal. Our prehistoric ancestors were no strangers to these ginormous creatures, but when they died out, humans lost all memory of their existence. Was it a guilty conscience, or did we just move on? This week, we uncover what happened to the mighty mammoth and how humans reacquainted themselves with their long-lost buds. Welcome back to Extinction Event, the podcast about extinct animals and how they got that way. I'm your host, Melissa Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with Jack. Hi. It's the Big Mammoth episode. It's finally here. I couldn't believe it. I woke up this morning just pumped. <laughs> you know, I want to say right now, just because it's Mammoth episode and we do commercials for Mammoth Bar, hmm. doesn't mean we're just going to sell out and drop in, you know, facts about Mammoth Bars. Like, like how delicious they are. And how they're low in sugar and right. high in protein. You know, only no one, it's only nine grams of sugar. You know how much protein it is? Twelve. You think I don't know how many grams of protein? I know we're getting off track, though. I'm, <laughs> okay. I just want to say we're not sellouts. Yeah, no, we're definitely not going to pepper facts about mammoth it's bars. Just a coincidence. Yep, I know. I totally agree. I'm on board. It's like I'm on board with eating those organic <laughs> raw sprouted nuts. <laughs> totally on board. Mm. Uh, anyways, Any, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so this is the big mammoth episode. Last week we announced there was a caption contest. We got a bunch of really great entries for that, and later we will be announcing the winner. So you got to actually listen to the episode to find out who won. Or you could just skip through, you know? We're not going to tell you which part it comes. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck. It could be at the very end. Maybe. Okay. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than the other ones. It's less about the actual extinction and more about how we uh, sort of rekindled our relationship with them. Hmm. How we rediscovered them. Because, uh, you know, our ancestors hung out with them. Just chilled with them. I don't know. They could... I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they did with them. But uh, we knew about them and then we kind of forgot about them. So that's kind of... That's more more about what this story is. It's okay. our relationship with the mammoth. Because but they are extinct. They are extinct. Okay. Indeed. All right. Well... Play the song. Ah, let's do it. <laughs> So everybody is kind of familiar with the mammoth. They looked a lot like elephants do, and they were generally about the size of an elephant, but some could be even larger. They were herbivores, highly sociable, and lived in matriarchal groups, just like elephants do. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're very closely related to modern-day elephants. They're in the same family classification, if that means anything to you. Um, isn't it kind of obvious? <laughs> Well, their their tusks are a little different. Ask anybody to describe a mammoth and be like, it's a furry elephant. Right. Done. Yes, the big difference between an elephant and a mammoth is going to be the thick, gorgeous hair that a mammoth has. Mm, lustrous. Right. And I, I never really thought about this, but mammoths came in a variety of colors. 
I thought you I I thought you were gonna say a variety of flavors. Like vanilla almond, macadamia coconut, goji berry trail mix, and cinnamon cashew. But that was just where my brain was going. You were you were saying something different. I think the one you normally see is sort of a red tinged one. Yeah. They also came in blonde. What is up with that? Why do they make mammoths all gingers? I know. I I guess that's we mostly find gingers when do we, we dig them up. I think one guy, one like Hanna Barbera cartoonist, decided ah they're they're kind of a red, and then that's forever. Oh, probably. Like, oh, yeah. That's how yeah. that stuff happens. Gets perpetuated not on fact but on yeah know, yeah like Pepe Le Pew and how the French are sexually aggressive. <laughs> Who decided that? It's a, that's true, though, isn't it? I don't know <laughs> if that's fact-talking or just some cartoonist who needed a bit. Anyway, they came in blonde as well, which I just can't even imagine seeing a blonde mammoth, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chad. <laughs> wow. Hey there. Just heading down the slopes. Uh, I notice you're eating some permafrost. How's that going? It's delicious. That's it's what mammoths eat. That's what we eat. Yeah, well, when you're done, maybe you can join me up ski for a nice <laughs> blonde cocktail hour. Come along, blondies. All right. Well, so we already kind of talked about the tusks. They had pretty impressive tusks, both the males and the females. The largest they've ever found is 14 feet long. It's not that big. If you think about it, it's pretty long. I've seen longer. You've seen longer mammoth tusks? Oh, I thought you said mammoth bar. <laughs> it's like one of those subway par- uh-huh. party subs. I made it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I took a bunch of mammoth bars and put them all together. That's the best way to have them. Uh, I, yeah. You get a little bit of each flavor. Yeah. And you can use it as a tusk. Dig up stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. Intimidate so- <laughs> potential, you know, other males <laughs> trying to get in on your territory. That also reminds me of when we went to those parties with cool kids a couple of times. Like, this never happened at a party I went to when I was, like, in college. But after mm-hmm. college, I went to a college party. Yeah. And they were doing that thing where you drink the beer and then you, like, tape them together. Oh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's that? The wizard staff. Wizard staff. Yeah. <laughs> Wisest wizard or something. And you tally up how many you've had. You just hold it. Is that it? And you, you, it's at the end of it, the beer you're drinking. How does that work? Yeah. You like take the empty one and you tape it to the bottom. And then it shows how many beers you've had. Okay. So every time you drink it, you've got to lift the uh-huh. wizard stat. you got to double hand it. Yeah. Uh, no, my uh, mam- mammoth tusk is kind of like that, but I just smash a bunch of them together. Are we talking about beer or mammoth bars or mammoth tusks? I think this pit's over. <laughs> it was uh, it was about a mile back that way. <laughs> okay, so the mammoth tusks were curved outwards and then back in, so a little bit different than elephant tusks. And th- this they- was so that uh, Fred Flintstone could slide. No, I'm not going to let you do. I'm not going to let you do a Fred Flintstone joke. As you can Get see, he slides here. down the tusk. And then it, it's the curvature is so he can get air just, from where he was working into directly into his car. 
So let's talk about the real mammoth tusks. They were curved outwards, back in. So um, not, not kind of like a ski jump. Sure. Or I'm sorry, kind of like an elf shoe. Okay, and those were not used for stabbing because that would be pretty hard to do with them curved like that. They were for smacking. Hmm. So probably smacking predators like uh, lions and saber-toothed tigers and also, you know... Whatever needed a good smack. Yeah, another dude might need a good smack. Mm -hmm. So uh, here is your cocktail. I hope it's to your liking. Thank you, my good man. What is this? Uh, it's a, a white Russian, sir. Oh, how dare I've been smacked. A what? I, sorry, a blonde Russian. That's what I thought. Okay, well, that won't happen again, sir. Be right back. And we're back. Their oldest relative would have gone back about 55 million years ago, but the mammoths that we would recognize today date back closer to 5 million, and we think that they migrated out of Africa, up through Europe, and then eventually over to the Americas. The most popular mammoth, the woolly mammoth, is the most recent evolution of it of the mammoth, and that showed up around 400,000 years ago. Hmm. Save the best for last, huh? It's got a cool name. It's nice to say. It is. Woolly mammoth. It's got a, it's got a good mouth feel. Kind of like a cinnamon cashew bar. Uh, but I digress. Uh, yeah, yes. Okay. L let's move on. Like I said earlier, we're doing this a little bit different. The story is going to start after the mammoths have gone extinct and after all humans who had lived alongside them have died as well. So, you know, our more recent ancestors might not have any memory of living mammoths, but us humans will eventually be reacquainted with the creatures through a little something called ivory. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say time travel. I can't either. Okay. Ivory was a highly prized item back in antiquity, and we're talking way back, like 14th century BC, way back. The ancient Greeks and Romans loved ivory. They used it in their art for decorative and religious objects and for weapons. It's a real big hot commodity. And back then, most of the ivory is going to be from elephant tusks. Other forms of ivory will be introduced when the ivory trade expands to what will eventually be Siberia or modern day Siberia. One of these is walrus ivory, also known as fish teeth. Fish teeth will become the thing to have. You know, that's what everyone wants. It's very expensive. Having a knife or a sword with a handle made of walrus ivory would have been the equivalent of having like the newest iPhone today. Damn. You know. Little kid in China made it. <laughs> I don't know. I think you probably carved your own back then. Oh, that would suck if you weren't very good at carving. So walrus ivory is being harvested from those Arctic regions, and with it, the occasional mystery tusk shows up. <laughs> and we now know that these tusks were from narwhals and from mammoth remains, but back then these were unknown teeth. Uh, and stories begin to take shape about what these creatures might be. Thank you for putting the emphasis on teeth, because, as you know, narwhal tusks... Ugh are actually teeth. I know it's common in little drawings and all these other things to show narwhals as like these unicorns where it's popping out of their forehead. That's not true. 
it's really, it's just like one giant tooth that sticks straight out of their mouth. And if they talk, it'll be like this, you know? <laughs> just fight the perception. Every chance you get, every, every time someone brings up a narwhal, you let them know. That's a good fact to, to impress the hell out, out of people with. Well, think yeah. about the, the opposite. If everyone's like, oh, unicorns are great. And then you saw a real unicorn and that horn was just sticking out of its mouth. You'd be like, this isn't what was described. <laughs> Whoa, it's a unicorn. Hey, how's it going? Oh, oh yes. Okay. What uh, is it? What? I, I, your horn uh, is coming out of the front of your mouth. What the hell? Uh, yeah, I'm a unicorn. Uh, right. Uh, let's go, guys. <laughs> let's, uh, we never saw this. I don't understand. Okay, see ya. I have magical wishes I can grant you. Okay. Let's just back away. Just keep walking. Are you sure? Oh, God. So with the narwhal ivory, you know, eventually most people do come to believe that it was from a unicorn. And that the horns, well, the ivory, the teeth, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that they had special medicinal powers. So ivory traders capitalize on this, and at some point, narwhal horns are going for 10 times the price of gold. Dang. Yeah. So traders are trying to sell, you know, knockoffs. They're trying to pass off other kinds of ivory as unicorn horns. People are getting really into this whole unicorn thing for a while. Like little girls, boys, grown men, everybody. Yeah. I mean, probably more grown men than anyone else because little boys and girls can't afford a narwhal horn. No. No way. Yeah, it must have been a really fun time to see, you know, these grown men. Getting into unicorns. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, sir. Or- hey there, Billy. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I know you want to date my daughter, but come here. There's something I want to show you. Is, is she ready? Because we got a movie we're yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie can wait. Come in here. There's something I want to show you. Okay. Come with me. Come into the den. Uh-huh. I want to show you my unicorn collection. <laughs> oh, whoa. Do you like unicorns? Well, yeah, who doesn't? What uh, kind of a man doesn't like unicorns? I didn't say I didn't like unicorns. I love unicorns. You didn't say you didn't love them before. I said I I like I liked them. I I don't remember what I said. I just would what like kind to- of a man doesn't love a unicorn? <laughs> I love them. I just can't afford them. Show sir. me your tattoo. You don't have a unicorn tattoo. <laughs> Every man has a unicorn tattoo right here on the right above his butt. Okay, okay, are you going to show me yours? Is that where this I'm is going? I'm showing you right now. Okay. I call it a tramp stamp. <laughs> okay, so we've got um, the unicorns on the one hand. That's one explanation for these mystery tusks. On the other, you've got the mammoth tusks. And they did look a lot like elephant tusks, but everyone knew that Siberia was way too cold for an elephant. A common theory was that because the tusks came from partially exposed remains that were dug up from the ground, you know, they're kind of like had been eroded away with time so you could see them. That's how they would find the mammoth tusks, Mm -hmm. the traders. The story behind that, since they were kind of partially exposed, was that they were from large rodents that lived underground. And that if those rodents accidentally surfaced and were exposed to outside air and light, that they would immediately die. 
Mm. Half exposed. This is great. I love this kind of thinking because it's like, we found it in the ground. It must have come from the ground. Right. These giant moles. Mole monsters. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. The mole people. Like, of course. Giant rodents. What else would it be? I'd like to see that guy, like, try and solve a murder. You know? The guy who decided, oh, these bones are in the ground. It must have been giant mole monsters. He, like, comes up on a murder scene. And there's a pool of blood. And he's like, well, must have slipped in this blood. (laughs) It's a woman completely clothes torn off. It must have been a brisk wind that ripped uh, her clothes off and pushed her down. Her clothes are trying to strangle her. Hmm. Okay, well, giant moles, unicorns. It was just a more creative time back then. Seems like fun. Hey, guess what time it is? It's time to announce the winners of the caption contest for the Mammoth Bar caption contest. Yeah, that, it is time. And if you made it this far, good for you. Uh, we got a lot of great entries, a lot of terrible entries. Yeah, guys, please don't do that again. If we do, if we do it again, I we're kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> Anyone who took time out of their day to try and write a joke, like a, a million uh, hats off. A million you. hats off to you. Yes. Okay. Drum roll. <laughs> Melissa will announce. The winner. Well, it was a tie. We had two winners, one on Facebook and the other on Instagram. And Melissa will now enlighten you with their names. Grace from Brooklyn submitted on Instagram. And we loved your hilarious caption about the Cooley Mammoth. Quite the spin on Wooly Mammoth. Yes. And it made us chuckle, and you win a box of Mammoth Bars. Congratulations. And on Facebook... Chris from Carlsbad, California, had a very funny caption about three rules that uh, the Mammoth in the caption contest lives by. If you want to check out the full captions, go on these uh, social media accounts and check them out. Yeah. We'll uh, post the uh, winning captions with the original drawing on the social medias. If you want to see those hilarious captions and congratulations, Grace and Chris, thanks for submitting. You should, you should try the New Yorker next time. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done the New Yorker? I've tried. Yeah. You've submitted. Yeah. No, Uh, no, no, no no dice. I tried two times. And after that, I was like, well, this isn't happening. You can't go three rejections in a row. That's too much. If they didn't like the first two, I mean, yeah. But it is not just ivory we were finding. It turns out we'd also been digging up mammoth bones for a while, so not just the tusks. The classical Greeks had come across fossil remains of unknown creatures that were very large. They identified these bones as being from giant humans. Whatever. It's just like, find some bones. You get to make up whatever that thing was. This is giant mole. That giant human. That over there, giant penguin. Whatever. Your bones, your rules. <laughs> in Sicily, in particular, they found so many of these giant bones that it was common knowledge that the island used to be home to an entire race of giants. And, of course, now it's free of giants. Kind of like how Mammoth Bar is free of 
gluten, dairy, and fillers. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? That's kind of crazy. Mm. I never even thought about that. Oh, yeah. I just think of these things sometimes. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So these weren't just any old giants, but they were one-eyed giants. One eye. Cyclopses. Cyclops. Yeah. Cyclopti. <laughs> so this kind of actually makes sense, though. This is the one thing I'll give them. Because if you remove the tusks from a mammoth skull, there's just a big hole where the nasal cavity is. That's where the trunk would go. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, interpreted as being one big eye socket. Hmm. So the belief that giants used to exist is historically found in many cultures across the globe. For instance, mammoth remains in South America were also attributed to a former race of giants that were said to be evil. Fortunately, legend has it that those evil giants were eventually defeated by gods. Hey! (laughs) That's good. I got nervous for a second. (laughs) So in addition to the unicorns, it seems like, you know, we were pretty obsessed with giants there, too, for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, hey, I'm here to pick up Jenny. Uh, Is she ready? You again, huh? Oh, geez. Where are we going now? uh, Sir, I'm just just here to pick up Jenny. You got bones, Billy. Bones. Like in my body, I I most... Regular uh, size bones. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe a little bit bigger than your average Billy, teenager. Yeah, you know a dog named Marmaduke? You know what me and him got in common? Big bones. I got a whole room of them. Come check it out. Okay. Uh, here we go. You got an hour? Uh, not really. That'll but, get us okay. started. Let's go. <laughs> so you've got these theories about mammoths being human giants, or maybe they're actually just mole people who live underground. Uh, no one's ever seen one of these things alive, though, so no one really knows what's going on. It could be either of those things. And maybe it is. Maybe the real giant moles were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> so we're going to fast forward here to a more learned era in Europe, and I think they're going to figure this all out for us. In France... In 1613, that's a date you won't remember, some workmen are digging at a pit and they uncover some pretty big bones. The greatest scientific minds of the day identify these bones as being from dot, dot, dot. Mm, Giants. A giant. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Turns out we're still pretty obsessed with giants. So they start excavating this pit. And a lot of bones get damaged in the process, and they don't have a full skeleton. But this one guy comes up with this plan, and he's like, hey, let's take these bones on tour. And what he does, he... And that's (laughs) the beginning of the Grateful Dead. (laughs) They've been touring ever since. So what he does is develop a little backstory about the bones. And he claims that they're the remains of a giant. And it's kind of this famous giant from back then that everybody knew mm-hmm. called Thutabacus? Thutabacus? Thibodocus? Thibodocus. How do you spell it? T-H-E-U-T-O-B-O-C. <laughs> I, you lost me. I'll go with whatever you said. Thibodocus. Okay. So he was this really large barbarian king allegedly a giant 
that had been threatening Rome around the second century BC. And this is antiquity, so like a giant is someone who's like five foot nine. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail about the backstory. You kind of had to be there. Um, But people would have been really familiar with the story back then. Just trust me. Okay. And so they're really stoked about seeing these bones. So he takes them on tour. And because of this, a lot of people are kind of inadvertently getting to see mammoth bones for the first time. You know, they think it's this giant, but whatever. Dibidibidibidib. So this stirs up a lot of debate, I guess, in the scientific community, not, you know, your average person who's paying, what, a shilling to go see the bones. Um, And they're like, hey, are these from an actual giant or are they from something else? Nothing, you know, stirs up questions more than a a traveling carnival exhibit. (laughs) So people are seeing the bones and they're like, wait, these look kind of like elephant bones, don't they? But they actually didn't know because at that time in Europe, not a lot of people had actually seen an elephant or even an illustration of an elephant. And the illustrations that did exist probably weren't too close. No. I think about the average person who's seen an elephant about a million times and asked them to draw an elephant. (laughs) Right? Impossible. It's going to look weird no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not be too hard on ancient (laughs) illustrations. Of animals. So they start debating about the origin of the bones. And finally, they come to this consensus that, okay, yeah, these bones are likely bones from a giant. The world agrees. Finally, it's settled. Yeah, they, they come to the same conclusion yet again that these are giant bones. Eventually, elephants will start going on tour. Traveling elephant shows become a thing, and this allows more people in Europe to see them in person. Hmm. So in 1681, there is one such elephant on tour, and he is, or she actually don't know, is in Dublin. Tell me his elephant gets drunk. Did I guess Uh, it? You know what? I think we could probably safely say that the elephant got drunk. Okay. Because uh, It was just such a normal thing. It didn't even make it into the history books. Yeah, people were getting animals drunk all the time back then. It was a form of entertainment, I'm pretty sure. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even making that up. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was his big break, you know? This elephant going out on tour to see the world. It's a big deal for an elephant. And one and two and ha! (laughs) You're never going to make it, kid. So unfortunately, the facility where this elephant is staying catches fire and the elephant dies. Whoa, wait a minute. He gets his big break. He's got his ticket to Dublin. Or he's in Dublin? In Dublin. He's got a ticket to perform. Biggest show of his life. Yeah. Finally gets center stage. And somebody, maybe a jealous other elephant, (laughs) burned down the whole place. Hmm? Yeah. This sounds like a cold case. Needs solving. (laughs) Get that guy who found all the moles. Mole monsters. Get him in here. My God. Look at this. Bones everywhere. On the ground. Another classic case of mole monsters. Oh, okay. I mean, I was thinking that all the embers and the fire might have been a clue to it, perhaps of being a fire, but you're the senior detective here. Shut up. There's bones and there's grounds. I've made my decision. Mole monsters! 
So yeah, I mean that's it sucks for the elephant. But so what happens is the elephant gets butchered and a bunch of measurements are taken of the bones and whatnot. And that's actually a pretty big deal for the scientific community because now Europe uh, has a way to compare the bones of so-called giants to the bones of elephants. Hmm. Finally, people are like, all right, maybe these bones really are elephant bones and not giant bones. Uh, So if that's true, though, how did they get here? Because the bones were all located too far north to be from elephants, who everybody knew lived in warmer climates. Everybody, just common they knowledge. They knew it. They didn't everybody. know what they looked like, but they knew. Everyone knew. That they lived there. The most popular theory was that elephants had been carried there by the biblical deluge. The flood? The flood. That's- Noah's Ark, et cetera, et cetera. Washed them all to Siberia. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Case closed. So this theory that the bones are from elephants starts gaining some traction. But you've still got people who support the giant theory and some even still who think that they're subterranean mole people that die when exposed to fresh air. One person and one man in particular. (laughs) I mean, we're still like that today. That's what I I like about this story. Oh, yeah. Nothing's changed. People want their theories that just have no grounding in any fact. And they just take him to the grave. That's right. Yeah. Right where those mole monsters live. Also, by now, I'm quite sorry to say that uh, some skepticism about unicorns begins to permeate the popular culture. Whoa. Oh, hey, I'm just here to pick up Jenny. (laughs) Billy, come in here. Okay. Things aren't going so good. You know anybody who wants to buy uh, about three tons worth of unicorn horns? Your unicorn? Are you selling your unicorn? Look, look, the market was high. I was collecting. Uh, It just all crashed. We're going to lose our house. You got to help me, Billy. I just like nobody really is into those right now. Yeah, no kidding. You got any giant bones or elephant bones? Maybe I could do something with that. I'm I'm going to show you an elephant bone. So, like, why did we want this to be an elephant so bad? You know, why couldn't we imagine that this could have been another creature that had just ceased to exist? I think most people are having a hard time just imagining what a, an existing animal. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough, like an elephant. Tough time. So, asking them to go a step beyond that and be like, my, I got, "Yeah, I got you." Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Well, this was also around the time when we are still grappling with this new concept of extinction and it just didn't make sense to a lot of people if you believed in extinction you were basically sacrilegious because Mm. you were implying that there was a flaw in god's plan oh yeah we've heard that with some other stories Mm -hmm. too yeah but that's all gonna change soon sorry god (laughs) we find a frozen mammoth like hair and all yeah Finally, we got one. These bastards. Um, where is it? Show me where the mole monster is. You said you got one. Damn it! Show it to me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's right over here. <laughs> if you want to take a look at it, sir. Let me see this bastard. Large tusks, hairy nose and body. Outside the ground, 
Yeah, I think it, it's one of those um, furry elephants that they've been talking about. Yes, of course. You can only draw one conclusion from this. The mole monsters are shapeshifters. <laughs> okay. So way up on the Arctic coast of Russia in 1799, there's a local guy and his family. They're going to make a summer trip to the coast. I mean, this is the Arctic. I don't know how. That's yeah. not like going to the Hamptons. We're going to some other kind of snow. Yeah. So he notices something strange in the ice, this big dark mass. At first, he can't tell what it is, but he keeps going back every summer until the ice you know, finally is melted down enough for him to see what was inside. And it was a mammoth. Yeah. So it finally thaws enough for him to take the tusks from the specimen, which were 200 pounds each. Damn. Yeah. And he sells them to an ivory trader. So I guess the ivory trader, you know, and news of the sale and this, you know, intact specimen gets around. And eventually there's this guy named Adams who comes to retrieve it. And he's going to send the remains back to a museum in St. Petersburg. They're going to eventually call this mammoth the Adams mammoth after this guy. Hmm. But by then, you know, several years had passed and a lot had been scavenged and it was missing a leg. But it was still in decent shape. It still had skin intact. And also it was covered with this long, beautiful, rust-colored hair. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they pack up the remains along with over 40 pounds of hair. Damn. That's a lot of wig. So they're all ready to ship it back when someone's like, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you forgetting something? What is it? The tusks. They're gone, man. They sold them. Yeah. (laughs) So... You know, they needed tusks if they were going to put this specimen, whatever it was, furry elephant, giant, whatever, mole person, on display in a museum. Yeah. So Adam buys, like, a you know, black market pair of tusks from some dude. Yeah. <laughs> and um, finally they pack up and they're on their way. I got a fish tooth. I got a bird tooth. Over here you'll find a mole. You got any unicorn horns? Monst- oh, yeah. Unicorn horns. I got whole bucket of them can't get rid of them oh jeez giant oh. bones what else do you need M- mole tusk oh yeah mole teeth yeah, yeah. whatever you need this will work in a pinch that'll be 49.95 so they're piecing together the specimen back at the museum but they're not really sure which way to put the tusks oh tell me they put it on wrong yes they put it on wrong yes <laughs> You know, illustrations back then, we know, are not very accurate. So a lot of times mammoth illustrations had the tusks on incorrectly. They put it on like a big curly Q mustache or something. (laughs) And you know, some guy was like, this is it. This is how it was. Like vigorously arguing. Yeah. This is it. Uh Makes the most sense. I know. I've been that person. We all have. (laughs) So they've got these tusks they bought put on wrong and they're also way too small for this particular specimen nice and it was on display like this for a really long time Uh, what's cool is that this mammoth is still on display right now whoa yeah since then they've carbon dated that mammoth to about twenty-five thousand eight hundred years ago and they know that the mammoth was about 45 when he died Hmm. But the whole mammoth-elephant debate 
still was not resolved. The scientific community hadn't really come to any conclusions. So this wasn't officially a mammoth yet. It's there. It's a hairy elephant. And they're like, maybe it's a mammoth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do they know? Well, that's why this particular mammoth was such a big deal. Turns out all that preserved hair ended up being a big breakthrough in this debate. And also a huge blow to God's plan. Mm, unless the devil planted it there. <laughs> Good for in you. the ice. <laughs> with help from the mole monsters. I love that. Look at you. Mm-hmm. So this hair or fur was dual layered. That means it had an outer layer of longer guard hairs. And then underneath that was a softer inner layer of woolly hair. Kind of like down feathers. Yes. And as you know, by now, everyone at that point had like either seen an elephant in person uh-huh. or like a really bad illustration of one. Yeah. And they all knew that elephants didn't have fur like that. Yes. This is a widely accepted fact. Like the elephants don't live in Siberia. They also don't have fur. So people's minds are probably getting blown. The reality shattered. Yeah. At that point, it was like, you know what? We're all going to hell for saying this, but this isn't an elephant. This is a different species that had adapted to colder climates. Now, okay, think about if this was the reverse and elephants were all furry and then you found one that wasn't. That would have been way freakier. It's like when you see animals that are furry and they're Mm -hmm. shaved, how creepy those look. Mm -hmm. We need that fur. Uh huh. Bears, you see no... Yeah. You seen the bears without hair? I've shown you a picture of. I think I, like, they're terrifying. It is. So I think we got pretty lucky discovering the mammoth second. They also start uncovering artifacts from prehistoric human sites that contain artwork of mammoths, and they find ancient cave paintings with illustrations of mammoths. This is a big deal. This is where we're reconnecting now. Yeah. You see? I see. See where I'm going? Okay. So, in fact, they are the third most commonly drawn animal in prehistoric caves. Wow. Mammoths. That's cool. So they were common. They keep count of that stuff, huh? I guess. The other two are penises. I was going to make a joke and say that. (laughs) And it isn't that funny. Real life. But, like, is is there not a whole nother side of history that we're, they're whitewashing about that, though? The penis drawings? On caves. Like, you knew that there were kid cavemen doing that. Yeah. Well, if you ask anybody on the street, what's the number one most painted thing on ancient cave drawings? They'd probably say mammoth. I think it would go third most mammoth. Mm-hmm. Second most mammoth bar. Yeah. Well, Because no who stuff. doesn't love that? Yeah. It's got clean ingredients. It's organic. It's Mm -hmm. raw. Made of sprouted nuts. Very popular. Mm -hmm. And certified organic. Mm -hmm. And then number one. Phallic symbols, a.k.a. dicks. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. If you went to one of these caves, but you walk in and you would just be, there would be dicks everywhere on the wall. It would be a middle school boy's (laughs) history notes. And uh, what we have here is a a single resident establishment. Uh, Looks like a teenage boy inhabited this particular cave. You can tell by the uh, copious amounts of uh, balls and 
penises strewn about in different positions. Isn't history wonderful? Ah, yes. I wish they would make that more public knowledge, the same way that mammoth drawings in caves is very much public knowledge. Because then we could just look back and go, we haven't changed at all. Yeah. And we'd learn a little bit of something about ourselves. It all comes back to that. Okay. So we we have all these drawings on the caves. And what this suggested was that, yes, our ancestors had known about and lived with the mammoth for quite some time. And then eventually, you know, the mammoth disappears and humans forgot about him. Just grew apart. Yeah. So what happened? We're going to get to that in a second. But one other thing about the caves here is that they were also important because now we had a reliable illustration <laughs> of what the mammoth looks like. Like, no kidding. Yeah. Because we, we had been putting them together wrong. And um, and little did we know there was just an Ikea instruction on <laughs> inside of a cave. Yes. Uh, one of the big things about it was that characteristic sloping of the back of the mammoth. It has the high shoulders. Mm -hmm. And slopes down. So, for instance, the specimen at the St. Petersburg Museum refined its skeleton based on these drawings. They reshuffled that, huh? Just to put the puzzle pieces back together. Yeah. That's cool. They do that a lot, actually. In museums? Uh, yeah, with dinosaurs. We we just weren't really sure hey, it's cool. Everyone, how they you went know, together. Pencils have erasers for a reason. Exactly. Finally, modern humans had mostly come to accept that this wasn't a giant human, it wasn't a mole person, it wasn't a cyclops, and it wasn't an elephant, but it was an entirely new species that at some point had gone extinct. So what happened to it? You tell me. We've learned a lot about the mammoth since the 1800s. We've found a handful of other frozen mammoth remains, and we've mapped their entire genome. There's also a theory that humans might have actually followed mammoths out of Africa using the roots that the mammoth created and also eating the same foods they ate. You know, like if the mammoth could eat it, maybe we could probably eat it. That's cool. So we can't say for sure, but here's why we think the mammoth went extinct. Could have been a couple things. First, it could have been humans. We know that humans were eating mammoths as far back as 1.8 million years ago. But that's impossible. They didn't have the internet to go on mammothbar.com. <laughs> did, you did say mammoth bar, right? No, I said mammoth. I keep hearing it's mammoth okay. bar. It's okay. Are you sure you're not referring to vanilla almond and perhaps a macadamia coconut? They're both delicious. Anyways, back to what you okay. were saying. Okay. The theory here is that it is possible that we just overhunted them. To extinction. It could also have been due to a global warming trend that was happening around 12,000 years ago. We've heard about that one. That's the end of the last ice age when we lose a lot of megafauna. The hairy mammoths might not have been able to tolerate those rising temperatures, and warmer temperatures would have also led to a shrinking of their habitat. But this wasn't the first time Earth had warmed up like that. Mammoths had endured previous warming periods. The only difference this time was the addition of humans. Hmm. Mm hmm So, people are kind of thinking now, we'll see, this probably will change, but that it was probably a bit of both. 
So you have the warmer temperatures that reduce their population and their habitat. That forces the remaining populations into smaller areas, and at that point, it would have been a lot easier for humans to hunt them into extinction because the mammoths didn't really have anywhere to go. But it's multi-factor it's- team effort. Uh, it's common thread in a lot of these extinctions. Yeah, but it's not usually just one thing. It's a bunch. Sure. It's, but this one is like the giant ground sloth in that we can't say for sure right now what mm-hmm. happened. We mm-hmm. just don't have enough evidence. These are just theories where a lot of the other extinctions, well, we kind of know. Yeah. Because they happen more recently. Regardless, most of them die out by around 10,000 years ago. There are some mammoths that survive beyond that time up to as recently as 3,700 years ago. Whoa. The very last survivors will hold out on an island in the Russian Arctic. Well, that's cool because I had heard that mammoths were around when they built the pyramids. They were, yeah. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. It blows my mind. But I mean, really, they're just hairy elephants, right? Well, not according to science. (laughs) Well, thanks for playing, mammoth. Sorry that um, we survived and so did elephants. And you didn't, but I don't know. Maybe that was a good thing because elephants these days are are going through a hard time. Pretty hard time. Yeah. So maybe it was a good thing. Sayonara. Yeah. Oh, um, normally we do an ad for our sponsor, Mammoth Bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot. I forgot about them. Uh, Well, you know, whatever. Mammoth Bar, eat it, dot com. Weird stuff. Mammoth, wait, what is the URL you gave? No, no, it's mammothbar.com. And guess what? What? If you want 20% off, and this is for real, this isn't jokes now. If you want 20% off your next order of Mammoth Bars, type in the promo code EXTINCTION. For 20% off. 20% off. Can you spell extinction for me and the people? E-X-T-I-N-C-T-I-O-N. Spells... Spells 20% off. Yes. Don't Get forget, on it. Don't forget the promo code, guys. I know we talk about it all the time, but uh, they really are delicious. Use the code. It's not going to be around forever. Do just, it. Just for our listeners. Don't forget to, uh, what, you want to follow us? You want to subscribe? You want to give us a review? You know where to go. Whatever. We don't at, care. At Extinction Pod on the internet. All right. We will see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Thanks for listening. A Peg Leg Deer production.